Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James to ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from our weekly teaching. Pastor. Hello. How are you today, man? Oh, man, doing good. Doing good on this Monday. Monday. Recording a little bit early this week. We're grinding this week. I'm telling you, just in here on Monday. Yep. You have a good workout this morning? I did. That's good. Was yeah. it cold? It was a little chilly. Very cold. Yeah. yeah. But I had a sweatshirt on, so. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Did you actually sweat in that shirt? I did. I, uh, I hey, did. Well, uh, twofold. Then mm-hmm. it's, it's tasks. Um, man, jumping in uh, to some questions this morning. This was probably a very difficult packet passage, obviously. Um, kind of, kind of. I mean, just away from Christmas season altogether teaching and preaching from a text of Herod killing children, probably one of those that most people just skim over in the book of Matthew. Um, but we, uh, I like how you, you brought it up again yesterday, that you know we don't shy away from things. We, we teach the Bible. And so um, what were your thoughts going into this kind of passage for Christmas, uh, this kind of passage in general, and then also this kind of passage for Christmas? Yeah, my first thought was I didn't plan it well. <laughs> it was my first thought. Of that I time because I when I was looking at kind of where I was going to be going I was like man the Sunday right before Christmas like this is going to be where I'm at you know this is this is where we'll be at in in the book of Matthew and I was like man that's just not good timing but you know as I and as like you said you know one of the things that we want to do here is and I think why we go through books of the Bible and, and passages is because like this is not a passage that I don't think anybody's just like yeah this is the passage I want to preach like I'm going to pick <laughs> this one to preach from, but I think nope, that's the Nobody's good. starting out their preaching career with this one, is what no, you're saying. No, I don't think so. But I think that's the good thing about going through book, and it's, it's going to continue as we go through Matthew. So there's going to be difficult passages that we, yeah. and we've dealt with in other books, you know, and so I think that's one of the things why I love walking through books of the Bible, just verse by verse, is because it forces us to deal with difficult texts. And like you said, we at First Monroe want to um, say, hey, we're not scared of, of difficult things or questions or um, past passages, and so we want to we want to deal with those things. But, you know, one of the things is I started studying and praying over it and that I realized kind of early on was um, I think this meets a lot of people where they are at Christmas. You yeah. Know? And that's kind of what we talked about, you know, that this passage provides hope in the midst of pain because there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of loss, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of darkness really in this passage. And I think we forget about it, but, you know, a lot of people's Christmas isn't always happy and life isn't always happy, right? And yeah. so, I mean, life is filled with hurt and pain and loss and death and all these things. And so I, I, I thought it was, I think I was not looking forward to it at the beginning. And then when I, we, I started sitting down writing it and we were, uh, you know, the Lord and I were talking it over and working through it. It was kind of like I started getting excited about it because I was like, I think this touches where people are. I think this touches real life. I think this isn't, because Kirsten, Kirsten and I talked about this yesterday, Sometimes there's a tendency for everything just to be all happy around Christmas. You know what I mean? Of just like, oh, you know, joy, joy, you know. And it is joy. I mean, and and the birth of Jesus is a pronouncement of joy, even in the midst of our pain, right? And but I think sometimes we can, or maybe not be as sensitive. That's that's probably a good way to say it. Is we're not sensitive to other people, and you know, even knowing that there are people that are going through Christmas this year without a loved one or without yeah. a good friend, you know, this year. Uh, that they've never done that before. And so um, we want to be sensitive to that, and that was kind of my thoughts going into it. Of I, I think this is probably going to touch more people to where they are because whether it's loss or whether it's just 
unmet expectations, just difficulties of holidays, busyness. You know, I think we all kind of feel that. And so I thought it was, I thought it was, it was, it was good, you know, good word for us and uh, for just real life and for pain, for loss, for all those things we experience. Yeah, know? I agree, man. And uh, it, we didn't get bogged down in the, I don't think anybody left thinking and the main point being like, man, Herod killed a lot of babies. Like, I don't think anybody left like that. I think that, that you did a very good job with the text, with a very difficult text, especially for Christmas. Well, I wanted it, and that's what I told Kirsten, you know, we were talking about it, and I was like, I wanted everybody to leave, hopefully with hope, right? And yeah. so to leave hopeful, and even even if things are hard, even if you are sad, even if there is grief, even if there is, even thinking of Christmas coming up in a couple of days and knowing that you're going to miss someone there, you know? Yeah. And so even in the midst of that, whether sickness or whatever, you know, that, and that was kind of my main thing of like, man, this is, should be a pronouncement of hope and that we can have hope and in the midst of our pain, our hurt, good, bad, you know, in between. Yeah. And I, I mean, if, if it'll probably be on the podcast, but, um, I mean, the title of this sermon was, um, the dark side of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like it, like you're saying, like, I think that, you know, for reading through Matthew, um, I, I, for me, like anytime growing up, my parents never like, I don't remember this text being read if we were reading through the Gospels, if we were reading through Matthew or anything like that. I don't remember this text, and so... But. Well, I think it's... I mean, we, we, when you think about it, this isn't a typical text that you're like, oh, this part of Christmas, right? Yeah. But it is. I mean, and, and it takes place, you know, probably a, a couple, you know, around the wise men, so that's probably anywhere from a couple of months, three to six, eight months, probably, you know, we're not sure, but after... He was born, and so this is very much a, the Christmas. Like this is very much a part of that, but because of the difficulty of the text, because yeah. of just the horrific scene, it's like, yeah, it's not really the Christmas story. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, I mean, this one yeah, it's like we we'll just we won't talk about this one, but it's very much a part of the Christmas story. It's just not the one we like to look at. But again, that's not real life, you know. And I think yeah. that's the thing is that we can tend to get to the point where we only look at good things. Yeah. You know, and but that's not life. That's not how a lot of people's Christmas are, you know? And and so I you know, instead I'm like, okay, this is why Matthew did this, included this in the Christmas story. Yeah. You know? Um <clears throat> I think sometimes as believers we have this mindset, you know, after we've come to the point where we've placed our faith in Jesus, um, we've got this mindset of, you know, I'm just a dirty, rotten old sinner. Um, when in reality scripture says the opposite, you know, if we're found in Jesus with the righteousness of God. Um, why do you think we get so bogged down in our sin and we don't see who we are in light of what Jesus has done? Uh, I think it's maybe several things. Uh, one is because we're forgetful people. And so it's the same thing. I think I brought it up, you know, because we compared basically of why he had to go to Egypt and it quotes Hosea. Talk, it's bringing back the memory of the Exodus and saying Jesus is bringing about a new Exodus that he is freeing us from slavery of sin, and we are enslaved to sin, so he's breaking that bondage and slavery that we were to sin and sin had on our life and our hearts. And, um, and But I, I was thinking about Israel of, you know, even when they were redeemed and rescued out of slavery, and then a couple of chapters later they're like, hey, we want to go back to Egypt. Mm. You know, that's like, that's so, that's so like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You know, like, you were just enslaved, and you want to go back to that? You know, and this, but I think there's a tendency when we forget and that's one of the things, warnings that God gives the people of Israel over and over again in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He reminds them, like, don't forget. He says, because when you forget, 
there's a tendency for you to want to go back or yeah. whatever, you know. And even actually, he gives he actually in the Old Testament he gives warnings like don't go back to Egypt, you know, because because he said there's a tendency that you will have to go back. Mm-hmm. And I think for all of us, I think there's that tension of, and I think that's the hard thing about this whole thing is living between the already and not yet of. I am free and realizing that I'm free from sin and that I don't have to live in bondage to sin any longer, but yet still living in a sinful, broken world, still flesh is still there. Yeah. And so it's it's this already thing that's already happened, but it's not complete yet in, in when we'll be glorified with Jesus and it will be all of it, sin will be, you know, just completely done away with. And so I think there's that tension. Um in this of where for a lot of us is that we get I, I'll just be honest we get frustrated right because of sin and I, and yeah. hopefully that's why the, the hope of that is like hey you don't have to be bound to this thing mm-hmm. you know and I think that's for a lot of it even it's just a shift of mindset for a lot of us is hey just like just remember like you you do not you're free of this you don't have to give in to this these thoughts these actions these words Whatever it is that you struggle with in in your flesh and in sinfulness in your own life is saying like you you don't have to yeah you know the the power of sin has been broken over you you know and I, I think that's process of sanctification too and and remembering you know why maybe there is still I was thinking about this yesterday why there is still struggle in that of, of my dependency is to be on the Lord not on myself you know because even if I start to feel like I'm mastering something I start to feel prideful myself yeah. and then what he says be be careful of pride at least you fall. You know, and so there's this constant dependence on the Lord, and and not this focus of like don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. You know, <laughs> yeah. of like, hey, let's just think about Jesus and be with Jesus, and yeah, um, and remember Him, remember the gospel, remember these truths. And I think a lot of it, even just in my life, I just not being with Jesus enough, not reflecting on what Jesus has done for me, hmm. and not reflecting on how good Jesus is and how He's better than any of my sin could ever be. But when we're not focused on Him, not meeting with Him, not reflecting on him there's a tendency for us to forget and then to think that oh yeah our sin can maybe satisfy when in reality you give in again or whatever it is yeah and you realize it didn't you know and so i think a lot of it's just reflecting remembering those kind of things so yeah um you talked about how jesus experienced pain to redeem our pain and i think a lot of times we look at that and we gravitate to the cross and i don't think that's a bad thing um but i think in doing that we we don't see that he experienced loss. He, you know, he experienced discouragement. He experienced just the whole gamut. You know, um, why is it so important for us to see that not only the pain of the cross, but just the pain of of being human? Why is it so important for us to see that? Well, we saw that what was it a couple of weeks ago when we looked at the virgin birth, the humanity, and the deity of yeah. Jesus. And that was the thing about the humanity of Jesus is that he's able to to understand us and what because of this. And I was thinking, and I read this on. Uh, yesterday on Sunday on Isaiah 53, and I, I, I want to read it again, just a, a quick part of it. This starts in verse 3. It says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, that's what he's called. He's called a man of sorrows. Yeah. He said, Acquainted with grief as one whom men hid their faces, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief, he has carried our sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgression, and he was crushed for our iniquity. And so it's this thing of like he calls him the man of sorrows, the someone who's acquainted with grief, the someone who is rejected, who is despised. And and it starts just to like list all these things and just to think about 
like not only in the cross, because like you said, I mean, he was pierced for our transgressions. Uh, he was beaten. He was bruised. He was crucified for us. But even leading up to that, even being from Nazareth, as we looked at, and just his whole life was just this constant being a no one, um, being rejected by people constantly. Yeah. Um, and you're like, man, that, that, well, we know what that's like. You know, we know what it's like to be rejected. Mm-hmm. We know what it's like to experience those things. And to exp- and it says he's acquainted with grief. And I think that's another thing, just a reminder of like, our Jesus understands what it's like to experience grief. He says he was acquainted with it. He knew it, yeah. you know? And so sometimes, you know, we said that with the humanity of Jesus, that sometimes there's this disconnect for us of like, God, you can't really understand what I'm walking through. But it says he's acquainted. he was acquainted with grief. He was acquainted with sorrow. He was a man of sorrow, you know? And so when we think about our life, sometimes pain, and whether it's because of, circumstances of life or whether it's because of our own result of our own sinfulness that we've brought upon our life either one um to know this that jesus is able to he experienced pain rejection so that we could experience being accepted to god to be stand as you said righteous before god today and that's our status because of not because of our own doing our own righteousness because of jesus and what he has done and so he experienced those things so that and I think even to redeem our pain, you know, so even when we walk through difficult moments, even when we struggle with things, even, you know, whatever it may be, is that he He came to bring purpose to our pain, you yeah. know. And that's the thing, the, the wonderful thing about God is he's able to use even our painful things for a purpose, you know. Yeah. And whether it's for bigger, for, for other people, or even just sanctification of our own life, you know, he uses yeah. suffering and pain and those things. And there's a purpose in that for us and for His glory, you know. And so He, because of what He went through, it, that's able to be a reality for us, you know. And like we said, something that that's what should give us hope, you know. Not that it takes the pain away sometimes. I think that's the thing too is that sometimes we think, well, okay, well, then I should never be sad. I should never feel grief. I should just never experience pain again. And that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. But He's able to bring peace and comfort in the midst of it. He's able to redeem it. He's able to bring purpose to it. And he's able to help us have joy and hope in the midst of difficult times. Pain. Yeah, 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 whatever life brings or whatever. Man, like a few weeks ago, I, and I guess I'd never just stopped and thought about it that way. And uh, I may be alone here, and if so, that's awesome because yeah. we've got great Christians yeah. at our church. Um, but whenever you brought out the the idea of Jesus telling the disciples to take care of Mary, kind of indicating Joseph isn't around anymore, um, and you see documented in scripture the the story with Lazarus and Jesus weeps i mean he he's about to call this guy back but he weeps and and just to to know like you know i think we we gravitate to hebrews 4 like we have a great high priest who can sympathize and you know he's in every way tempted i think uh, and and i don't want to overstep or anything but i think that in that not only is it i think sometimes we gravitate to the sins that we have in our lives the sins that we struggle with but also like things happen to Jesus like he his dad wasn't there. That's not, you know, recorded in scripture, but like, how did Jesus feel about that? And to know that like, he knows those pains, he knows those sorrows, he knows what it's like to lose. Man, it just, it really, I don't know, for me, for me, it's opened up a, a whole new plethora of, man, this is just so much more than I ever thought. And so. Yeah, because he is a, I mean, and that that's the, thing that I was saying about the humanity of that he's able to associate with us, intercede for us <laughs> to the Father when it doesn't matter on, on any different, whether it's 
he knows what it's like to be, like you said, he knows what it's like to be tempted and not give in to sin, yeah. which is insane to think about that. But above and beyond that, of even just thinking of just grief in life and even rejection. Yeah, I mean, man. but even thinking about rejection of like, we're rejected by our peers. He was rejected by the people he created, you know yeah. what I mean? Which are like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, I mean, and again, just to be like, and I think it's this thing of like, hey, he knows, he understands, he's, yeah. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to have loss. He knows what it's like to feel grief. He knows what it's like to be filled with sorrow because he, his, one of his titles is a man of sorrow. And so um, I think that's the kind of the hope that we have in Jesus is um, he endured all these things you yeah. know, to overcome them for us, uh, to, to help us have victory in our life, but also to be able to sympathize and empathize with us in our, in our, in our pain, in our yeah. difficulty. And he's able to intercede for us to the Father, you know, on behalf of us and know when we need grace and how we need it and when we need it and where we need it. Yeah. And I think just if we can just be honest, it is a comforting thing, whether and not not that it just makes everything better, but in the midst of you feeling, whether it's discouraged, pain, grief, loss, and just just to allow the thought just to sink in our heads and our hearts just to be like, he understands. You know what I mean? Like just even that is just like a, I think a very comforting feeling of like, my God understands Man. me. You know what I mean? And so, like, whether it's – it didn't just all of a sudden take it away, but it's like I think that provides an amazing amount of comfort. Yeah. You know, I'm not alone. I mean, you, you, think of, you think of those times. Like, that's – the worst part about grief sometimes is being alone in your grief. Right. Um, and, and knowing that, that no matter what, like you're saying, like, man, what a comforting thought to know that – that the one who's created me, the one who's created every, I mean, he's, he's here in the midst of this pain. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I love it. I think it's in, uh, I'm going to quote it wrong. I think it's in Isaiah maybe, but he says this, or maybe it's Jeremiah. It's one of them, uh, one of the prophets, but he basically says that, you know, our God is not a God that is far off, but he's a God that's mm. near, you know? Yeah. And so to, to just to understand that, that we have a God that's near and, uh, and he's a God that, meets us in our pain, you know, and meets us with tragic things that happen. And uh, he's there, he understands, he knows, he is near to us, and he does understand. And like we said Sunday, and even uh, in the other messages of Matthew, this is, should give us a lot of hope, Yeah, you know. So, and I'll see about this, I don't know if you had this in a question, but one of the things that really struck me, really convicted me, um, was where our hope lies, you know, mm. and it lies in Jesus. And for some reason, the Lord just brought that to me. Maybe it was Sunday morning um, when we quoted Paul, when he says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And even like I was, and I don't want to try to get, I don't want to be morbid or anything like that, but I was like, even when it pertains to like life here on this earth, like I was even thinking about this, like if you were to ask me, James, do you want to die right now? Absolutely not. I have a wife, I have children. I want to be there for them, but it's like you listen to Paul, and he's like, hey, look, to live is Christ. Like, to live is I'm going to give everything for Jesus. But you know what? Actually, to die is better because I get to be with Jesus. And so even like I was like so much of our hope is even tied up into this world of like even just living, you know? And it's like, yes, is living. Please understand, like living is good, you know? And and we should, and we we desire that, and we, we want to reach old age. I want to reach old age. You know, I want to have a long amount of, of life here and just ministry and family and those things. But it's like even it's like, but that's not my hope. My hope is Jesus. Yeah. It's with Jesus. It's heaven. I long. I should long for heaven. 
And that was kind of one of the things that I thought about of like just the hope that Jesus provides because, I, man, there is a lot of pain in this world, you yeah, know? You're right. And that's why our hope shouldn't be in this world or even like I, I love, I, I want to be healthy. Man, I want to be like, I don't want to, I hate being sick. Goodness gracious. You know, but it's like even that, my that's not my hope. You know, my hope is in Jesus. And so yeah. it's like, and I think when our hope is attached so much, our anchors in Jesus, our hope is in Jesus, it's like, hey, you know what, whatever the world throws at me, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. You know, and I'm more than conqueror because this is not all there is. Yeah. You know, and I think we sometimes we think this is all there is. And it's like, this is just the warm up. <laughs> you know, we're not even in the game yet. Like, yeah. like, we are in the game, but you know what I'm saying? It's like this is like this is just a blip of eternity, and it's like what's what we're hope for, what we wait for is something way better than today. Yeah, and I think the people of, of the scriptures really latched on to longing for his return, longing to be with him, longing. I mean, they long for these things, and I, I would say most Christians nowadays, I don't know if they really long for the return of Jesus, you know, mm. if, if yeah. we're honest. You know, yeah. it's like, but I, I want to live my life here. And it's like, we kind of want Jesus to come back, but, eh, you know, and just that was kind of one of the things I thought about even working through the text is like, our hope is is him and to be with him. And so no matter what the world throws at us, no matter what pain comes within our, our life, that's why we have hope is because our hope is not in this life. It's not in the things of this world. It's beyond us. It's in, it's, you know, it's in the Lord. Man. I don't think that was a question, but anyway. All that from a sermon of, of Herod killing children. <laughs> I mean. And that's one of the things I find interesting about, and for some reason, and maybe it's because when I find difficult texts, I, I, this sounds bad, I maybe pray harder <laughs> or study harder because it's like I don't understand, you know what I mean? But it seems like a lot of these texts that are difficult, hard, you don't want to touch them, and it seems like there's so much there, though, you yeah. know, that we miss. And so that's why I'm glad that we just walk through the text and deal with difficult things because sometimes it seems like a lot of these difficult passages bring out so much stuff that's real, that connects with our life, Absolutely. and that we would miss if we just said, well, that's that's a difficult conversation. And so we're just not so going to – we'll just skip one. on to John the Baptist yeah. you know, next week. And so <laughs> we'll just skip on to John and and talk about him, but, you know – I think that's one of the joys of, of walking through Scripture and dealing with these passages is because there's so much there, you know. Yeah, for sure. Real quick, uh, has nothing to do with what we've talked about. Um, are there any Christmas traditions that you're looking forward to in the next two days, three days, whatever? Um, just being with family. So tonight we got um, our Doty family Christmas tonight, and so be the Doty clan we'll get together tonight so we'll do that um you know we our christmas eve service i love love that service so if you're listening come please um it'll be good five o'clock on tuesday on christmas eve um and then we usually go to miss sharon's um kirsten's mom's uh and dad's house that night and then we do usually christmas at our house kind of wake up that morning and mm-hmm. then we'll usually go to my parents for for a while that morning do brunch and then later we'll go to back to kirsten's parents and so uh, grandparents and stuff come, and so usually just that's usually just the fun part is just being with being with family, being yeah. with family, and uh, nothing too crazy. And so I think we we have it pretty easy because our families live like five minutes apart, and so that makes it pretty yeah. easy for us. Because I know some people um, live like across the state, yeah, something crazy, yeah. not yeah. like y'all or anything, but 
but you know, sometimes, and, and so I am grateful for that because I know that there is a lot of driving, or it's like, hey, this year we're not coming Christmas this year, next year. So I understand that there are a lot of people that are that way. So um, we are blessed. That, you know, it's just kind of we just go to Rabel, and so that just makes it you know a lot easier for us um, with the kids and stuff. But absolutely, I bet. What about y'all? Uh, we're actually heading out tomorrow night after our uh, Christmas Eve service, heading to Deritter. I'm going to spend some time down there. Uh, we usually just get together and eat. Um, Calories eat, don't count on Christmas. As, amen. Um, I'm hoping they don't count a lot. Uh, <laughs> they definitely don't count at Christmas. but um, We usually do like gumbo for Christmas. Potato salad. Potato salad, yeah. It's fantastic together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just I'm really excited getting to spend time um, with my, my family and uh, get to see my nephews. They're always fun, mm-hmm. my sister and my brother-in-law. And so maybe going to Natchitoches to see the Christmas lights. Awesome. So I don't know if you've ever been. I've never been. Very fun. We'll have to do that. Um, but, man, uh, appreciate you sitting down with us, um, just having a conversation and walking through a rough passage uh, but man, seeing, like you said, a, a lot of good out of it. And so, man, I super appreciate you. And uh, if we don't see you before Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, yeah.